Welcome to the EQ Podcast. Hey, welcome to the EQ Podcast, a show focused on equipping ministry leaders within the Calvary Chapel Association in the Pacific Northwest. I'm your host, Zach Lamberson, and with me today is Pastor Steve Winter of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities and our special guest, Dennis Davenport. How you doing, Dennis? I'm doing well, thank you. Steve, how about you? I'm doing good. <laughs> and how do you guys know each other? Uh, I Dennis uh, was going to Calvary Chapel Riverside before I did. And uh, pretty early on, he just kind of showed up in my life and kind of took me under his wing. You got more? Uh, I don't have any more. Your your memory will be better than mine. I'm 71, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. How long have you been doing ministry, Dennis? Uh, Well, you know, if you include my home study since 1975. Oh, wow. Awesome. So we've got a we've got a handful of questions for you today, and we've been really excited about doing this podcast, especially in light of the Jesus Revolution movie, and just a lot of the good feedback we've got from people, and just it seems like there's a lot of interest in Jesus right now. And you, uh, Steve, told me that you are actually, you know, there pretty close to the beginning. You're on Greg Glory's board now. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, so you know Greg pretty well. What did you think? I mean, without you know, obviously, you, you like Greg. We love Greg. What did you think of the movie? I love Greg too. I don't just like him. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> like him. Well, yeah. The movie was. I thought the movie was well done. You know, they took a little liberty to license. You know, uh, to artistically kind of make things flow a little better. So it's not a documentary. It's a movie, and people need to understand that. And, and But they captured well the heart of what happened there. You know, I mean, it was a, it was a blessing. No, that's great. Uh, you know, you again, Steve told me you got saved just right after Greg started his church. About how old was the church? How many people were going when you started going? You know, I don't know. All I know is I was, let's see, I was in 1973 is when I started attending the church. And that was, I mean, that was when when the movie ended, when Chuck sat there with the keys and gave them to Greg. Okay. That's when I came in. The first meeting in that building was when I came in. That's what, after we left All Saints and uh, went to the new building there. I mean, it was a, not a new building by any stretch. It was a former church. And then Chuck uh, went down and did all the uh, deals, you know, and then handed Greg the keys. Now, Greg still had to pay that off. It was Yeah, that was one of the things I heard Greg actually say that was not, you know, accurate in the movie he you know he, he chuck was a businessman <laughs> yeah, yeah he was he was a good steward of uh and a wise man when it came to investing money so dennis how many people were going to uh calvary when it first started when you when you first started going there how many people were there i'd say probably three to four hundred people okay yeah Okay, and Steve, you started going a couple of years after that. Yeah, I uh, I went for the first time in August of 1975. Okay, and so there was uh, I went to a, a Sunday evening service. There were there were probably that that building probably held you know 300 people, something like that, 
maybe yeah. 400. Especially the way we had them jammed in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it was full. It mm. was it was full at that point. So and Were we opening up the windows on the side, the frosted windows, and people sitting on either side when you went? Yeah, they were doing that on Sunday morning. Uh, yeah. They uh, I they didn't do that that Sunday night, and so it was everybody inside the building. Okay. Yeah, at that point. So, so that yeah. was the overflow, as they just opened the windows and put people on the outside, like literally. They had the <laughs> they had those windows that, that kind of hinged up. Yeah. And so they they they'd bring them up, and you'd sit outside on uh, on uh, metal chairs. That's the and, best overflow and you'd, ever. You'd watch. And that's that's after everybody's sitting on the floor. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, you absolutely couldn't uh, see well at all into the building because those windows were so tall and skinny, you know, but we, we, the word was being taught and the worship was going on. So it was awesome. That's so great. I think our church, modern church, is a little coddled. Like our overflow rooms have real chairs and big speakers and <laughs> air conditioning and stuff. Screens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you you got saved. Were you saved at Greg's church, or did you come to Greg's church? You're already a Christian, and did you start going there? You know, I was a Christian in in word. I believed in God. I I did my best to keep the Ten Commandments. Thought like the Pharisees: if you keep them outwardly, you're a pretty good guy. But I uh, I didn't know. I knew what not to do. You know, growing up in in the church, I knew what not to do. You know what? I didn't know what to do. And when I went to Harvest for the first time, Calvary Riverside at that time, uh, and and I heard the word taught for the first time, uh, man, I, I just, I mean, I heard sermons, but I never heard the word taught verse by verse, and it changed my life. I mean, it's what was missing that uh, I was looking for that really changed my life. Yeah, that's the amazing testimony. That's what I hear from so many people at that time. It seems like God was working in a lot of areas, but it was like that just pushing over the hump to kind of get them to where they need to be. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So when you, when you transition into ministry, and this is kind of where I want to look at this and kind of get your perspective because you, you, uh, did, you took over a church. You didn't plan a church um, necessarily. You took over another body. Where was that at? That was uh, in the high desert of Southern California where I still reside and okay. still am pastoring. And What's the church called now? Calvary Chapel of the High Desert. High Desert. That's the yeah. it's the city. It's called High Desert. <laughs> no. It's actually in Hesperia. The High Desert is okay, like, like Tri Cities, sort of. It's it's got Victorville, Hesperia, Atlanta, and Apple Valley. Oh, what's that other Dink one? Uh, what's the what's the town that starts with an F? My brother in law was there. Oh, it doesn't start with an F. It starts with a P. It's oh, that's right. Yeah, feeling. Yeah, it sounds like an F. Sounds though. like an F, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you what what was that like taking over someone else's church? How, what was how big was the church when you did it? What was the what was the transition like for you? Well, we, it was it was big in the sense. I mean, it was not big compared to Harvest. I mean, but it was it was for a church. It was probably I'd say we had maybe 200 people there when I uh, first went to the church there. And so maybe, maybe even three. Okay. So uh, I, yeah. That's something that I was looking to do. Uh, I was looking to take over a church. Um, I was looking to just stay on staff at Harvest for the rest of my life. But 
God had other plans. And so it was, you know, taking over a church is you're always compared to the guy that was there before. You see, you don't have that. Just like Adam and Eve didn't have anybody to compare each other, you know, other to. So, so she was the most beautiful woman and he was the most handsome man. <laughs> but when you come into the church and you're the new guy, um, now that now the pastor, you know, that was there before you, um, they go, well, we don't like this new guy. And so th- there was that to deal with, you know. How about the elders? How was that transition? Did you know some of the guys or was it completely different group of guys? That I, I kind of knew a couple of the guys and had lost contact because a couple of the guys were down at Harvest, uh, you know, at Calvary Riverside before. And so I, I kind of remotely knew them, but they had been up here for several years. So I, I didn't connect with them, uh, you know, like uh, at least knowledge wise that the way I knew them before. But uh, yeah, I mean, when the elders, the elders were there left in place, I, I figured, you know, I think if you're taking over a church, just some simple points that that I learned. And uh, number one, I mean, uh, it's not your church. You know what I mean? Uh, it doesn't belong to me. Um, it is an opportunity that God has given to me, but it's not my church. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not my church, you have to realize when you take over a church, this church was functioning before you ever got there. And God was blessing and and maybe, you know, not as, as, as much as he, you know, uh, is going to, hopefully, um, because you want it to grow and, and you want to see people get saved and, and discipled. But I, I mean, it's it's something that was already functioning. So you don't want to, I think the mistake that a lot of guys make, especially younger guys, God bless them. They, when they get the opportunity to take over a church, they immediately go in and change everything. And, and there's the mistake, because that church is already going and growing, and you need to come in as sort of a servant, you know, like that's what we're called to do, and, and, and then get to know this is a body of believers. This is Christ's bride. She's, she, needs to get to, she needs to be known. You, you need to spend a little time with her, just listening to her and just doing what you can to, to minister to the needs that you see uh, presently. And just just kind of go slow. I mean, so many times a young guy will come in, he'll throw out the pulpit and throw this thing out and change the lighting and do, you know, and and just change the order of service and that kind of a thing. And that's where, you know, you get into trouble, I think. And you you not that God still won't work, but you you maybe alienate some people that you uh, could have kept. And um, in fact, I kind of did that. Uh, and uh, they came back. Fortunately, they were so kind. But but I, I did that initially, and so uh, that's something where I've learned: when you come into a church, just come in as a servant when you're taking over, and and uh, that's what you're called to do. And 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 then slowly, you're you're not in a motorboat; you're in the Titanic. It takes a little time to turn <laughs> it around in, in a different direction. So many guys get in the motorboats and buzz around. And and uh, the church, I mean, you blow it up and and uh, just come and serve. Yeah, that's great. You're going to have enough problems in the first place. You don't need yeah, to make exactly. more. <laughs> <laughs> because you're adjusting to them and they're adjusting to you. You know, it's it's that's just your style of ministry. 
Um, you know, but don't and don't talk the guy down that was there before you and walk around. We're going to change things, you know, that's that's where you get yourself in trouble. Yep. I think that's super helpful. You know, uh, you're you're getting older and you're transitioning now into your son in law is on staff and he's kind of taking the church over. What's that process look like? I know it's kind of a different scenario. You know, he's not coming in from the outside necessarily. You've raised him up in a sense from the inside, and you're you're passing on to the next generation. And I know you're encouraging guys, you know, who are getting older to do the same. How do you go about that process? First of all, it's the most painful thing. One of the most <laughs> painful processes that there are. You know what? It's it's sort of like, and and certainly I'm not comparing myself any in any way to to uh, John the Baptist, but. But when John says he must increase and I must decrease, it's it's difficult. I mean, I never thought it would be as hard as it is to sit in front in the front pew on Sunday mornings and listen to somebody else preach when you're called to be the preacher yourself. <laughs> and you go, oh, that whippersnapper, he shouldn't have done it. I would have said this. And, I would. <laughs> and you've got to avoid that. Again, yeah. all costs. It's the same attitude. Well, I'm going to change this, and we're going to get this church on the ball because that guy wasn't doing. It's it's the same kind of a thing. Only you know you're you're the guy, and 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 it's hard. I, I mean, it's it's weird to attend the church, and and he's been teaching on Sunday mornings now for a year. So when it comes time, turn around and meet somebody you haven't met before. It's weird to turn around, and shake hands with people, and they don't know you're the pastor. I mean, hi, are you new here? Uh, yeah, this is my <laughs> first time. <laughs> and and then people, fortunately, somebody will come up and say hi, pastor, because they've been around for a while. And then they'll go, oh, so so you're you're the, well, who's the pastor here? Well, uh, I I'm I'm the senior only because I'm 71, and and. Then the, there's the new guy that's coming up, and and you know what? Just and just to let him learn and grow. The Lord has spoken to me because at first I go, well, you need to do this, and you could have done more on this, you could have done more on that. And you know what? Um, the grace of God, just to say, hey Lord, you do what you want, and uh, He's going to deal with things differently, and that's okay. He's 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 the guy I've called for this time, and so just to let him be him. And then if he asks you for pointers or whatever, then you know what, share with him. And if there's things that are, you know, ongoing that really are kind of not solid as far as connecting or whatever, uh, you may, you know, I, I may talk to him about those things, but give him a chance to grow because you know what, here's, here's the deal. The reality is he's way better a preacher than I ever was, um, especially when I came up. Because, I mean, first of all, I'm stuck to my notes pretty much, you know. Thank God, you know, that uh, there are those that God uses that are stuck to notes. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, read my notes. If I get off my notes too far, I get on rabbit trails that uh, that are not, I haven't thought through. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? And so I, I just... Uh, you know, he's he's a way better preacher than I was before I, I came up. Because I've listened to my some of my messages, and I go, man, I don't even know why people came back. Obviously, <laughs> obviously it was Jesus. Yeah. You know, I think your first word of advice that it's not your church, it's still not your church, it's the Lord's church, so you can hand it off as easy as you, you took it upon yourself, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and it wasn't easy to take it upon myself. <laughs> <laughs> they it off. 
So Dennis, have you? you know what I'm doing it the, the way I'm doing it. We're going back and forth, and he'll teach a book, and I'll teach a book, and he'll teach a book on Sunday mornings, and I'll teach a book, and we're doing the same thing on Wednesday nights, and uh, and so you know, I don't know if that's the way to do it. This is all new to me, so I, I'm certainly not the authority. But to me, it, it, it's working so far, and and I think the people are. I, I think we're in a good place now because, as I said, we've I've been kind of moving that direction for the last couple of years. And if I, if the Lord took me home today, I think the church is ready. Yeah. I, I mean, they they don't they're not going to be scratching their head going, who's who's gonna who's gonna be the next guy? If, if anything yeah. happened to Dennis, I think the the trauma would be way reduced because they've been introduced to to the man who's going to take it over so have you had any issues with uh people coming up and going oh i like you better and yeah (laughs) and they like me them they don't say to me they like him better but but they say to him they like him (laughs) (laughs) so have you had any problems with with people wanting in front of me they don't say we like him better in front of you yeah Uh, that's always nice i think to some extent so yeah so have you had any problems with people uh, leaving the church, anything like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. And you know what? You can't let that bother you. I mean, uh, the people, um, most that have left have been there for 30 years, and I was their pastor. I, I mean, I've been there. It'll be 39 years in July. So I've been their pastor. There's mm. there's people around that have been with me all the way from the beginning. Uh, and and there were some, there's a few people that were that are still there that were here before I came. And, and so, you know, yeah, and, and people leave, some of the older people leave, and, I, and I'm all right. I, I don't give them a hard time. You know, a lot of them, you know, they're thinking, well, if we're going to change pastors, let's go ahead and change churches and, and get, especially as they age, get something that's a little closer to home. I mean, uh, they drive, you know, 12 miles, 10 miles. Some drive from Barstow, which is a 25-minute drive to come to church. And so uh, those people you know, uh, kind of tend to go. And some have moved out, uh, out of California. I don't know if you guys know in Washington, but there's an <laughs> exodus out of California. And uh, in fact, you know in Washington because they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're actually passing through our state to Idaho and Montana. That's, right. that's, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Idaho, Texas, Tennessee, uh, Nashville. So. That's so great. Uh, so I got just a few more questions, and we call this a lightning round. So just quick answers. If you had one pastor you want to go to listen to, dead or alive, who's that guy? Charles Swindoll. Charles Swindoll. Yeah. That's great. All right. How about a recent book that you've read that you'd suggest to other pastors that they should be reading this book? Um, Liberating the Ministry from the Success Syndrome. That's um, a great book. Who's it by? It's by what's his name? I I can't think of his name. Uh, the guy that writes all the preach preaching commentaries. Can't think of his name offhand. All right, we'll put it in the notes. It's a great book. Put it put it out there. Liberating ministry from the success syndrome. Hmm, that's great. All right, last one. One piece of advice for someone in full time ministry. Well, if you had one piece of advice to give them, what is, what is it? Don't get bitter. There are seasons in ministry. There are things ebb and things flow. Be careful you don't get bitter and don't take things personally. Uh, recognize that you're standing. You see, uh, 
for the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. And so people aren't going to like it. Some people, you know, like parts of it and they don't like other parts of it. But don't allow uh, people to make you bitter. You know, just rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's great. Thanks so much, Dennis. Appreciate you coming on. God bless you. Great seeing you guys. Love you guys. Love what you're doing up there. Love that church. Great church. Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities. If you haven't been there and you're headed into that area, you got to check it out. All right. Thanks, Dennis. God bless, man. God bless. The EQ Podcast is here as a resource for our listeners. Check us out at eqministry.com. On our website, you'll find a variety of helpful tools, including past ministry conferences and a contact form to seek out help or counsel from seasoned Calvary pastors who want to encourage you in your serving or answer your ministry-related questions. Until next time, God bless.